Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is not a normal episode. We're going to do something a little different today. I was supposed to do an episode. I have an episode edited and some drama happened around that, and I just don't want to deal with that right now. So I have some topics on my mind. I have a platform to share my mind, my thoughts. So I thought we'd do something like that. So let's do it. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? So the first thing I want to say and bring up, what I, I, I eventually going to name this episode because I wrote it down and I was like, oh, I'm just going to call the episode that, is I am not who I used to be. Simple statement, right? Technically true for all people at all times. We are ever-changing. Our personalities, our voices, our bodies, our digestive tract. Something is constantly changing, and therefore you are not who you used to be moments ago, years ago, whatever that looks like. Obviously, I don't mean it in that literal sense, but in the sense of I am not the... uh, the person that I used to be. I don't think the way I used to think. My values are not the same as they used to be. And I want to tell you where this came from, because right now, this is kind of a mantra that I say to myself every day. Um, Shout out to my therapist for that recommendation. But I am not who I used to be came up because I am constantly concerned about things that should no longer concern me. And the reason is because I'm, I'm programmed, I'm conditioned to feel that way because I have been in this place for so long in my mind uh, where I didn't value myself. And so I have these things built in for so many years, decades that no longer serve me. And this has come up recently in a lot of ways. And Uh, I think most prevalent, something that would help tell that story is I woke up one day and I had the song Rainbow by Casey Musgraves in my head. And I have a fun little playlist, by the way, highly, highly recommend doing this. If you're trying to go to bed and you have a song stuck in your head, put it in a playlist in your phone and name that night songs or nighttime songs, or I can't fucking sleep and the song is in my head songs. And then if you wake up and you have a song in your head, put that song in a playlist called morning songs or wake up songs, or I don't know, come up with something else. But all this to say, I have those two playlists and it happens to me often enough to where I put songs in those playlists. Highly recommend doing it if that happens to you, because the morning playlist will end up being uh, really, really good. You know what? Fuck it. Both of them will end up being really, really good. Anyway. Casey Musgraves rainbow in my head. And I was like, Oh, I gotta listen to that. So I put it on and I immediately start sobbing and I'm just, I don't know if it's cause I'm listening to the words really well, or if they apply to me in that moment in such a way, but the song starts out when it rains, it pours, but you didn't even notice it ain't raining anymore. It's hard to breathe when all you know is, the struggle of staying above the rising water line. 
but the skies finally open, the rain and wind stop blowing, uh, and you're stuck out in the same old storm again. Hold tight to your umbrella, darling, I'm just trying to tell you. There's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. And I immediately put that into perspective of you're fighting against this storm that no longer exists, but you're so used to fighting that storm, you don't even know it's not fucking storming anymore. And that hit me so hard, so hard. Uh, Combine that with my ADHD, I think I listened to that song no less than like 25 times that week and cried most of them, uh, which worked out really well going to like a therapy class or going to therapy myself and being like, oh, I listened to the song in the way. That's why I look like I've been sobbing. Anyway, all that to say, it was a huge moment where I recognized I'm still reacting to things in my life as if I am that 25 year old fucking pothead who hates himself um, doesn't think anybody could love him should love him and just really terrible terrible thoughts about myself and I'm still reacting to things as if I'm that person I'm still like thinking oh I need to I need to please everybody I need this validation I need to make sure that I'm Uh, you know, doing anything I can to make any random person uh, like me, because if I don't, who will? Because I sure as fuck don't like me. And that's not true anymore. But I react as if it is. I'm fighting against the storm of my own thoughts. And there's not even a storm anymore. I actually really like myself. I would go as far as to say I love myself. Not in a conceited, shitty way, but that's neither here nor there. So that's it. That's I am not who I used to be. Um, And I don't do shitty things. And I don't take advantage of people. And I need to now stop using those thought patterns the same way that I stopped using other toxic protective devices. And I don't know, I assume people know things, but you know, maybe they don't. Maybe I've drowned myself in mental health books and I'm a freaking graduate student in a clinical mental health counseling program. So maybe I assume too much uh, about general public knowledge, but there's a, a common theme with with people that have to protect themselves. So if you've gone through any sort of trauma as a child, you develop behaviors, um, thought patterns, whatever it might be that you use to protect yourself. And they can be very obviously toxic, like you drink so you don't have to feel the unbelievable pain that you would otherwise have to deal with, uh, whether that be through some sort of neglect or abuse or other terrible, terrible thing that happened to you as a child or is currently happening to you. Uh, and you have to numb because you like mentally, you can't, you cannot feel those emotions. Right. And you might numb through drinking drugs. Like there's some obvious toxic, but protective behaviors, right? 
And then there's other behaviors and thought patterns that aren't toxic, but they're worth looking at, right? A uh, big one for me, sense of humor. Uh, I love it. I absolutely think that's like the foundation for a lot of friendships and, and really like a piece of who I am, my personality. But I used it for a long time to avoid any sort of vulnerability, right? Like I can find the joke at any moment and I will throw for the joke instead of allowing the conversation or the situation to get a little deeper. And now that I know that, and now that I am ready, willing, and able to get a little deeper, I have to recognize when I'm going back to the joke pool. And that's tough, man. That is a tough one to, to do. But it's so worth it because it helps me create deeper and more meaningful relationships with the people around me. And that means way more to me than getting a fucking laugh because I don't need that validation anymore. And God, did I need that before? And that was part of that protection, right? When you hate yourself and you know that if you get some sort of confirmation from everybody else that you suck as bad as you think you do, that's going to lead you down a real dark path. And whether conscious or unconscious, subconscious, whatever you want to say, you don't want to go down that path. That's a terrible path. And so what are you going to do? Uh, you're going to get that, that validation from other people that like, oh, you're going to tell me I'm good enough and worthy. Awesome. Then that's good. Cause I can't. And then you just keep going. Just trial and error. What works? Oh, playing music works. People cheer. You get that little dopamine buzz. You feel worthy for a little while. Awesome. It goes away. You crack a joke. Someone laughs. Awesome. Conversation starts going in a place where you might have to expose yourself and feel really just shitty because you already feel shame for who you are maybe. And so you just go to the, the joke. Well, the sense of humor, but then you don't, you don't have to do that anymore. That's the storm. That's the rising water line that you're trying to stay above. But what, what do you do when you heal from that and you don't have to stay above that rising water anymore? What do you do when that umbrella is fucking useless? Cause it's sunny out and yeah, you might get a storm here and there, but you're not living in it anymore. You're not taking up residence in the fucking eye of the hurricane. You're just in a nice little area. It's beautiful out. Chill. I am not who I used to be. I don't need that stuff anymore. And then comes the hard part of separating it out. Like what's me? What's like, what's truly me? And what's just another thing that I was doing to avoid, you know, a conversation or avoid a connection or avoid a friendship or a relationship or something awkward. And I was like, mm, I'm going to do this instead. What's truly me? Like I said, my sense of humor, I think is a foundational piece of who I am. And that's, I love it. It's fine. The only thing I have to do now is recognize when I'm using it as an avoidant behavior. And I'll tell you, man, when you become aware of something, 
it doesn't make it go away. And you can ask anybody that has anxiety, right? Most people that have anxiety know they have anxiety. Being aware of it does not make it go away. But, oh, you can find it in that moment. You can, you can hear it come out of your mouth. Like when, when a situation arrives, arises, <laughs> when I can tell a joke and I, I can recognize the more I, the more I clock it, the more I can recognize, oh, I can go with this joke and it's going to be a good one. I promise you that. <laughs> or I can stay silent and let the moment play out. Or I can dig into my own vulnerability well and participate in this interaction with this other person who's chosen to go a little deeper with me. And that's, that can be a tough, tough decision at the time, especially when you have used those jokes for so long. So it's, <laughs> it's nice to recognize it. It doesn't necessarily change every interaction, but I know when it happens, I can clock it. I can recognize when I might be doing it too much. I need to back off, maybe address what it is I'm trying to avoid by making so many jokes. And those giggles, those laughs that I get for the jokes, those still provide me the validation, right? And validation is the other thing I wanted to talk about today. What a funny, funny thing validation is. You could argue that we need it, right? As, as human beings, we need it. Now it's looked at at this point between social media and everybody's awareness of dopamine and everything else that it might be a little toxic, but I think it's, it's only toxic. And if we get it in a toxic way, and I think validation can be one of the more powerful things that we can provide ourselves if we are able to. And at the same time, one of the more toxic things we can seek out if we're unable to provide it for ourselves. And that's, that's the big part. That's the scary part. Cause if we can provide ourselves validation, if we can look in the mirror and say that we're good enough, that we're worthy of love and we're worthy of success and we're worthy of whatever might come our way and we're worthy and we deserve to go out and seek something more if we want to. If we can provide that validation for ourselves, you're not going to really look for it other places. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't like yourself, if you don't think you're worthy, if you don't think you deserve other things, you're going to go looking for someone or something to tell you that you are. You're going to go looking for someone to tell you that you're beautiful. And that could be through, uh, you know, sex or relationships or maybe just like thirst traps on Instagram, whatever that fucking looks like, you will try to seek that out to fill that validation bucket that you cannot fill yourself. 
And the same thing goes for everything else. If you don't think you're worthy of success in, um, you know, use myself, right? I play music. If I don't think I am good at playing guitar, good at singing, I'm going to find people that are going to tell me I am. And then I'm going to seek them out over and over and over again. And the minute that I don't have that, I'm not going to think I'm good enough anymore because that's how validation works. If I'm not giving it to myself, I need it from somewhere else. And if I can't get it somewhere else, I just don't fucking believe it. It's a weird thing. And now it's just getting worse, right? Because we, we have social media and we live in this compare culture where everybody's looking at someone else's highlight reel and thinking that they're not good enough in their own skin. They're not good enough in their own home. They're not good enough in their own car. They're not good enough in their own life. And we're just seeking out these people that are supposedly doing better than us when we don't even know what better is because at our core, we're not even sure what we want. And this goes to all the stories you hear about celebrities and other people that get all this money and fame and it's not fulfilling them. That's just what they were looking at. That's just what they thought they were supposed to achieve. And they never focused on providing anything for themselves other than whatever they were seeing someone else get. Validation. So strong. It's, it's absolutely imperative that we can provide validation for ourselves in its most basic terms, but to validate, right? We need to validate our existence. I need to validate my existence. You need to validate your existence, validate your decisions, validate yourself. It's such a powerful, powerful thing that can so easily fall down the road of toxic. And that's where it gets scary. People out there constantly looking for someone to tell them they're good enough because they're unable to tell themselves. Now, the flip side of that is that doesn't mean that everybody out there doing something in the public eye is a toxic person trying to seek validation. A lot of those people got to that point because they were able to provide it for themselves because they knew they were good enough. And so they tried hard, worked hard because they knew that doing so would get them to that next level. And they're not, they're not looking for that validation from you or anyone else in an audience. They, they have it. And some people need it so badly that it is the motivating force to get to that next spot. And then they keep going because when they get to the next spot, they still need it. They can't figure it out. They're like, I got here. What the fuck? I got that big promotion. Fuck. Why don't I feel better? I must need the, I must need the next promotion. I got, I got my girlfriend still feel lonely. Oh, wait, I got to ask her to marry me. Okay, now we're married. I still feel a little lonely. What is that loneliness? Why do I hate being by myself? 
validation. It's such a wild thing. And I used to do everything for that fucking word. I used to do everything that I did for validation. If you've ever heard me play guitar and sing a song, 95% of the time it was for validation. And I didn't know that at the time. But fuck, when I think back, the thought process that was in my head, it was never about like, what song can I play that I want to play? It was what song can I play that's going to make these people fucking love it? Make them love me. Validate the fact that I am on the stage. Tell me I have talent because I don't fucking believe I do. And I'm not a perfect puzzle piece that's put together. I was trying to put as many P words together as possible right there, but I'm not, man. I still, I got weak spots. I still fall into that trap. I have things that I think I'm really good at, but I don't like to talk about because I don't know if I really think I'm really good at them or things that are not part of my identity to most people, right? People think of me, they think of this podcast or they think of music. Um, for many years they thought of beer and they probably still do with non-alcoholic beer. Like these things that you put out in the world with your name on them become your identity. And then if you want to pursue something outside of that, you better believe you can do it because you don't have that foundational base of people that are like, Oh yeah, that's just, that's Justin. That's what he does. I'm thinking about playing a show of original songs and it's, it's scary. It's scary to think about that. Cause that's, you guys want to experience vulnerability at its max. Go play original music at a, Venue where people will probably have to pay, buy tickets, and then just, I don't know, hope the songs are good enough. It's a lot easier to just go to a bar, play some old fucking Creedence Clearwater songs for a bunch of drunk people. They love that. Don't switch over to your own original shit. That is scary. It took me a very long time to accept that I am good at this. I'm not perfect. I got a long ways to go, but I, I'm good enough. I'm good enough to play in front of people. And I'm a good enough songwriter that I have words and music to share but man, I have to hype myself up about it because that did not come naturally for a very, very long time. But I am not who I used to be. Never been happier not being who I used to be. All right, I'm going to let you guys go. I appreciate you sticking around with me. Listen to me chat, talk. 
And if you want to chat or talk, catch me, catch me while you can. I'll be a licensed therapist in less than a year. So if you want to, you know, talk to me without paying the copay, <laughs> dive in now, I guess. Uh, but seriously, reach out. I love, I love hearing from people and anytime that I can impact anybody in any way through sharing my own story is <laughs> you're going to love this. One of the most validating things that I can do. And there's nothing toxic about that. Enjoy your week. I will talk to you next week. We have some amazing guests coming up. Uh, some musicians. I One that I saw at a concert and interviewed three days later for the podcast. Uh, we have an author coming up of a really great book on sex. There's more to that, but I like that little tease. We'll leave that there. <laughs> as well as... Uh, an author on an ADHD and oh God, so many other sobriety. She wrote a number of books, uh, a lot of great guests coming up. So stick around. Thanks again for listening. It's always nice when I can utilize this platform to share what I've learned about myself and life and all the stuff that comes along with it. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Okay. Bye-bye smooches you and i have lots in common my request is sent would you like to be my friend would you like to be me-